Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father in heaven, for my brother, Apostle Stan, I ask you to anoint him. Let him step behind the veil and bring revelation to God's children. Here in the church and online, new things. I don't even know what you're going to talk about, but I hear something new. So let it be so, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We were just singing my favorite song, and it's about my favorite chapter. This is the chapter. I saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne a book written within, and on the backside, and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? No man in heaven, neither under the earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. One of the elders said to me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I saw in the midst of the throne and the four beasts, in the midst of the four and twenty elders, stood a lamb that had been slain, having seven eyes and seven horns, which are the seven spirits that God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book. Out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne, when he took the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, each of them having harps and golden vials full of odors, and they sang as it were a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to open the book and to loose the seals there, because thou wast slain, and has redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard in the midst of the throne, in the midst of the four beasts and the four and twenty elders, I heard as it were, Many angels. The number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. And they sang with a loud voice, saying, Thou art worthy to open the book and to loose the seals there, because thou wast slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And the four beasts set on men. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Lord, we worship you. We know that the act of you giving your life and your blood hitting the Ark of the Covenant broke the devil's back and you set us free. And you're quite capable of taking care of us as you've spoken to us today in Jesus' name. So, this is what I heard. I hid the prophets. I can hide you. I hid the prophets. Boy, it was real clear. I hid the prophets that I can hide you. It comes from 1 Kings 18.4. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them in 50 in a cave, by 50 in a cave, and fed them with what? Think that's whole bread? (laughs) Joseph, get your bread. Turn it up a little bit more. Turn the black one on. I don't know why it seems hot up here. Maybe it's just the anointing. It is hot? Okay. All right. Now, I need to, and I see I got started late here, so it's important I go through this. I'm going to bring a little prophecy in here because every once I have, every once in a while I have to, to kind of let you understand sort of what's going on. So we had Shane Warren stand right here 
July the 10th of 2012, and he made a DVD, and in that he said he saw a vision. He said he saw a satellite image of America and a storm covering from north, south, east, and west across America, and that is a financial storm which now has started. He reached down, picked up a fistful of dollars, and said, it's raining dollar bills. It's almost like they're worthless. There's a very, very high possibility that before the end of the month, a new digital dollar will be introduced in America. And that is the first step to the death of the fiat dollar that the Federal Reserve has been offering us for many years now, and they have stolen and corrupted. That's what they do. The next thing is you saw is I saw a new Madrid fault in the heartland of America just had a major earthquake and I heard a booming voice speak from behind me saying they divided my land now I will divide their land. So a great earthquake if America splits Israel we're praying that we do not be sure and include that in your prayers if America splits Israel God will split America. Some have seen it from the Great Lakes down to Tupelo Mississippi that's what Leslie saw. Others have seen it just totally split all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. And he also saw in the Middle East that there was a conspiracy, a cooperation with many nations to kill the dollar. And it lists the specific nations, but the thing that would kill them was when they would start selling oil in something other than the dollar denomination, as started in like 1970 in that ballpark. Then he saw the devaluing of the dollar caused major riotings in the streets. I saw major cities. On their signs was written, give us our entitlements. Give us our entitlements. What does that mean? What's an entitlement? Food stamps. Social security. Is there anybody here who gets a check from the government? Don't raise your hand. Probably even in here, there's some people that get a check from the government. That's what he's saying. Then I saw incredible changes in the prices of currency. I saw silver, I hope you're listening. I saw silver, not gold, but I saw silver begin to drastically increase in value. Not gold, but silver. And it was literally war. I mean, it looked like civil war within our borders. and It was all over the issue of devaluing of our money. What are they talking about right now? The leader of the House, what's his name? McCarthy. Yeah, McCarthy, right. Complained that he has talked with, had not talked to the president in 97 days. Now, that was several days ago. And what was he wanting to talk about? The budget. Because the Republicans are sick and tired of the Democrats just spending and spending and spending and raising our debt limit, debt limit, debt, debt. And it's just, you know, it's so... They, they say that we don't have enough dollar bills if you were to stack them on our 10, I think it's $100 bills. Stack them on top of each other. We could reach the moon with the, the amount of our debt. That's what they're talking about right now, this week. Now, I'm about to show you an article. <laughs> I'll get to it. <laughs> then Chris, Chris Reed came along. I don't have time to read all of it. All of this is discussed at prophecyclub.com, by the way. And it says U.S. he was handed newspaper articles. It says U.S. dollar drops 30% in value. Subtitle, look carefully. 
Middle Eastern oil strikes deal with China instead of the U.S. Guess what happened August 24th of 2022? They signed a deal with China. They are now selling crude oil in yuan and in Russian rubles and in French francs. Now, now, do you see any of this on CNN or Fox News? They're not going to tell us. They're not going to tell us until all of a sudden we go to fill up and it's $10 a gallon. What? The next thing is the perfect storm. Subtitle, inflation reaches new high. What's inflation? Inflation means last night I filled my tank with $3.71 a gallon. And we better be thanking the Lord because it's probably going to be about 5 to 7 to 10 before long. What happens when it hits $30 a gallon? i tell you what happened. There's going to be a lot of problems. Also, if you'll notice, what the next line is, food shortage as wheat and bread imports are stalemate. What does that mean? It means that there's a shortage of wheat. What did the scripture just say that the prophets were fed with? Bread. What do you think? <laughs> bread and water, which was probably whole wheat. Now, let me go on. There's a lot more I'm skipping. These are the active prophecies that we're following right now at Prophecy Club. And I thought I would remove the, the other things out here, but I thought, well, you might need to prepare, so I thought I'd leave them. We have 11 prophecies that says the dollar's going to fall. For that, here's where I'll send you. There's 14 prophecies that said there's going to be a shortage, there's food shortage. Here's where I'll send you. There's 17 says that a meteor is going to hit, cause a tsunami and an earthquake. There's 32 prophecies, actually the count is up to 33 now, that says there's going to be suitcase nukes hit all across America, and here's where I'll send you for that solution. Seven say a surprise Russian nuclear attack will hit, and yet America is oblivious. We don't know anything about this. And if you try to tell them, Last night, I pulled this off. Social security payments may be interrupted if U.S. default on debts. We were told, Shane Warren was told this in 2010. He was told this 13 years ago, and there's the headline for it. You can read the details if you want to, but it says, there's a good chance that even in the event of default, millions of Americans' benefits would be disrupted. Disrupted? Turned off, Jack. Forty percent of the Social Security recipients receive ninety percent of their income from the safety net program that equates to nearly twenty-seven million people. So, what do you suppose is going to happen in America when twenty-seven million Americans are no longer getting their bread? What do you think is going to happen? Riots in the streets just like God warned us. The White House and House Republicans remained at odds after a meeting on Wednesday to discuss the resolution to the impasse. It's here. It's here. Also, I pulled this off last night from Newsmax. California governor, that good guy, announced $32 billion budget deficits Okay, so he just happens to be announcing it. By the way, turn me down just a little bit. There's a little ring. 
he just happens to be announcing this about the same time. California's budget deficit has grown to nearly $32 billion, partly due to high federal inflation rates, states' decision to let some people delay filling their, uh, filing their income tax after winter storms. Yeah, right. It was all planned. Surely we understand that. California's one of the only states to have a shortfall this year. That's mostly because a progressive tax code relies on wealthy taxpayers whose income is closely tied to the performance of the stock market, and they've been moving out of California. How do I know they're moving out of California? Because they brought their, their parking lots and put them on our freeways here. Just like night, last night, or Friday night at the Bible study, Brandon said it just caught, it took us 25 minutes to get here on a Sunday morning, but 45 minutes to get here on a Friday night. Why? Because the Sunday morning, the freeways are open because nobody's going to church anymore. They sleep in on Sunday mornings. True? Just like right now, this room should be packed with people. They should not have, we should not have room for them to get in. But gasoline prices are down. We got food. We got water. We got a place to sleep. We're doing fine. We don't need God. Well, guess what? God says, okay, let me just show you. Here's what it's going to look like when I'm not protecting you. Now let's jump to the message. So I'm not going to read all of this. I put it all up here, but I'll tell you the story. So essentially, God had told Elijah to send a curse. That it's not going to rain for three and a half years. So there was not rain these years. So he put it fed him by a brook. And he said, you shall drink of the book. And I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. What he's saying to me, Stan, is I want you to tell the Spiritual Prophecy Church, this is repeating in your days now. In other words, there's about to be, and it may be literally a drought, but there's about to be a drought in terms of finances. But he's saying to you, Spiritual Prophecy Church, I got you. I got you. Not a problem. I'm going to take care of my own. I know how to take care of my own. The question is whether you're my own and we're his own, right? The ravens brought him bread. You know, have you noticed that? A lot of prophets eat a lot of bread. Joseph's kitchen bread, by the way. No. Had to throw that in there. Ravens brought bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank from the brook, but the brook dried up. So then, he says, get over to Zarephath because I've commanded a widow woman. What? Why did he command a widow woman to take care of him? Because they're the rich people in the neighborhood, right? He wanted to show, just like he's about to show the Spirit of Prophecy Church, God is quite capable of taking care of his own. Be it from a brook, feed from the birds of the air, Bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh. He wants to say, Spirit of Posse Church, there's about to be a disaster in America. We've been talking about this, preparing our hearts for many years, and now here it is. And the flesh part of us wants to say, no! But the spirit part of us says, bring it on. I'm ready for the battle. Right? So he says, I need to go to this widow woman. So he arrives. So he says, she's gathering sticks. She's preparing to have her last meal. In other words, she's not a wealthy person. So he, now watch what he says. Fetch me 
a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Bring me a morsel of bread. Now watch, watch, watch. She says, I don't have a cake. I have a handful of meal, a little oil and a cruise. I'm gathering two sticks so we can go and dress it, my son and I, and we'll eat and die. And you're asking me to bring you food? Why did he do that? Why? Now, okay, here's more of the story. So Elijah said to her, fear not, go and do as I have told you. I want you to make a little cake first and bring it to... What? You mean the prophet of God expected the, the widow woman to make food and bring it to the prophet before she fed herself and her son? You mean we're supposed to give to God before we give to ourselves? Really? It was because God wanted to do a miracle. We're in a time of miracles. And God is looking to see who will believe in that miracle. Just like he had me talk about, prove me now here with this morning. If I will not open up the windows, have it and pour you out a blessing. Again, Leslie tells me, you guys are good givers. And I assume the people online are good givers. That's probably the reason he's bringing this message, saying, I got you. Yes, there's about to be trouble in your nation, but I got it. If I can feed a prophet from birds of the air, if I can take a widow woman that is preparing her last meal, and the prophet says, but bring your last meal to me, and she does, now watch what happens. You want to guess what happens? It's a two thumbs up thing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, the barrel of meal shall not waste, this is a prophecy, neither shall the cruise fail until the day the Lord sends rain. So she and he in her house did eat of that oil and that barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord. He can feed some three million people out of thin air for 40 years out in the desert. He can feed a prophet by the birds of the air. <laughs> he can take care of us. He's got it. There's a man sitting in this room right now that has a warehouse full of more wheat than this congregation could eat in 15 or 20 years. I'm not, I'm not saying who it is, but... God has arranged... To take care of us. That's my point. So then, of course, there comes a big test. So God does this miracle. So then what happens? The son of the woman, her son dies. No breath left in him. Why? Did God send the man of God to me to kill my son? So the prophet goes in, lays on the child three times, cries to the Lord. The child comes back to life. We're entering into a time when we will see more miracles, more fantastic things than this. Amen. We're going to see it. Amen. And let me tell you, this is now repeating. There's more. Now by this you'll know that I am the man of God, that the word of the Lord is in his mouth. By these miracles, there will be a lot of people come to the Lord. After it came to pass, after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. 
says, okay, now I want you to go show yourself to Ahab. Now, who's Ahab? He's a Christian killer. That's what we would call him today, he's a Christian killer. This is the guy that goes about destroying the works of God, but unfortunately, he's the king. One of the most evil kings that ever lived in Israel. And they killed prophets. They just hid 50 prophets in two caves, total of 100 prophets, from him. So God says, I want you to go talk to Ahab. It's like, what? You've got to kill me, man. Cut my head off. He said, I want you to go talk to him. There was a sore famine in Samaria. So Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord. Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in the cave, fed them bread and water. That's where that scripture came from. So when Ahab saw Elijah and Ahab said unto him, Are you the guy that's been causing all this trouble? Are you the man that asked God not to cause it to rain? Are you the one that's given us so much trouble? Because I'm about to kill you. That's what he's thinking. I'm about to kill you. So he answered not. I have not troubled Israel, but you have. You and your father's house, because you've forsaken the commandments of the Lord and has followed Balaam. What, this is what's happening in America right now. Yeah. We're following Balaam. Huh. What's Balaam? That's Balaam. What is that? Why, that's the Wall Street bull statue. What does bull market mean? It means the stocks are rising. What does bear market mean? It means the stocks are falling. Because they worship the bull so that Satan will give them lots of money, money, money. That's worshiping Baalim. That's one of the reasons the rich people don't go to church anymore because they worship Baal directly or indirectly. They join up with the Masons. They join up with all of the rich men of the community and they have their little communities. I'll say it kindly. They have their little communities and the rich men are all part of a community, but we don't go to church. We don't associate with them low-life Christians. That's their attitude. So Ahab sent all the children of Israel gathered together the prophets to Carmel. Elijah came to the people and says, all right, how long are you going to believe two gods? That's what he's saying. If God be God, then follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. Elijah says, let's have a contest. Here's what let's do. You call, let's take two bullocks. You choose which bullock. Cut it in pieces, lay it on wood. Don't put any fire under it. Dress the bullock. And no fire under, and then you call upon the name of your gods, and I'll call upon the name of the Lord, and the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people said, it's well. They agreed to the contest. See, we're in a contest right now. We're in a contest between Donald Trump and CNN. Did you see it? You know what? The guy that organized that for CNN, they're talking about firing him. I mean, the, the... there's been so much attack and criticism for CNN even having him on because he kicked them all over the place. And it was a set-up deal, man. See, if you watched it, the first part, Trump and her were sitting down. But they saw that they were losing, 
So they had both of them stand up. And this girl was attack, 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 attack. Whether we like it or not, agree with it or not, and I do not believe that Trump is Jesus Christ. But I do believe that he is probably the best chance America has for a few more days. I do believe that he is sent to America to try to get us to clean up a little bit. I will also say I think his greatest failure is not calling on the church to pray, not calling on the people that are attending his rally to receive Jesus, to not go back to church. That's his biggest failure. If he were doing that, we might have some more time. Okay. So they took the bullock was given to him and they dressed it. And they did all that they were supposed to do. They cried aloud to their God. And Elisha starts mocking them. Oh, he's probably busy. He's probably on the phone. He's in a board meeting. Just just cry a little louder. Maybe he could bang on some pots and pans. Maybe he could do something. Just wake him up. He's Maybe he's out hunting or something. He's a God. Call on him. So he made fun of them. So finally they cried aloud. They began to cut themselves with the knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. <laughs> you talking about prayer. They were doing some serious prayer. Because if they didn't get their God to answer, they were dead men. How many of them were? I think there was like 450 men, right? But then there was also some other prophets, as I recall from memory, like 800 some odd people. Okay, so anyway, let's go on to the story. So they prophesied till the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was neither a voice nor answer. So Elijah said, okay, my turn. He repaired the altar. He said 12 stones representing the 12 children of Israel. And he called upon God. Now, did God answer? Yes, he did. He answered with fire. And one of these days here very soon, Jesus is going to return and he's going to answer with fire. With the breath of his nostril, he, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, he takes them all out. But before he did this, I, I, have to, I missed a point I want to back up. Not only, he also made a trench about the altar. Then he said, I want you to get four barrels of water, pour on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Do it the second time. Do it the third time. The water ran around the altar and filled the trench. So try to imagine that the altar is stones. And it was probably about that big from the one I saw in Israel. That's a tickle. It's probably a pile of stones about that big. So then around it, he made a, a trench. Now, when we say a trench, we think digging down. And maybe it was. But it was probably also like, oh, if the stones were this high probably the mound of dirt around it was this high. In other words, all of the stones and the wood and the, the, the bullock were either underwater or near underwater. So that way they could not say, oh, there was some little spark or something. There wasn't a little spark. It was what is called the morning star. And fire from God came down and whoom! Not only did it burn up, here we go, let's go. The fire fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, 
the dust, licked up the water that was in the trench. So it was like, boom! There was no stones. There was, there was no bull. There was no water. There was no trench. It was like, boom! And people went, okay. You got your point across. Now, what do you think that they did with all of the false prophets? Bible says, take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape, and they took them. Elijah brought them down to the book Kishon and slew them there. Some 800 feet. What happens when Jesus returns to all of the evil people? Same thing, fire. See, this is repeating now in our days. When Jesus returns for the final time, that's what's going to happen. Fire. Piles of ashes and bones as he relights the earth with his glory. He is the light of the world, and he's cleansed the earth of all sin. The heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was great rain. So right after, what is it saying? Right after Jesus cleanses the earth, the next time when he returns, the final time, I should say, because he's returning two more times. After that burning, after he's cleansed the earth, then there is great blessings that come. Same thing is in the process with us today. Now, I'm going to cover this quickly because I think it's so important. This is the last time Jesus returns. Revelation 19:11. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. Jesus, his eyes were as a flame of fire, his head were many crowns, had name written, no man knew but he himself. He is clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, his own blood, by the way. And his name is called the Word of God. The armies which are in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That would be us. Out of his mouth follows a sharp sword. That would be the morning star. That with it he should smite the nations. He should rule them with a rod of iron. He treadeth the winepress and the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture, here, and on his thigh, here, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's riding white horse. And Stan Johnson, well, I mean, you're there too. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all behind him on white horses, right? Because we just came from the marriage supper of the Lamb, where he came forth and served us and washed our feet. Amen. As a sign in his kingdom, you serve others and you put others first above yourself. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. I'm going to read it. I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven. Come, gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them. And of all the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast, and the kings of the earth, and their armies, gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army. And the beast was taken... And with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before them, so understand miracles can deceive, with which he deceived them, had received the mark of the beast, and then he worshipped his image. These both were cast alive, here it is, alive, in the lake burning the fire and brimstone. Why were they caught, tossed into the lake? Alive. Because they don't get soul death. They're tormented day and night forever and ever and ever for all eternity for all the evil that they did. Now, the other people, they get soul death. And the remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse. 
which is called Morningstar. Morningstar, which very very good group. And which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. We are seeing the same. We are now in the process of seeing the same thing happen. Right now, the devil is winning, and right now, Jesus is watching. But there's a time. There's a time coming, my brothers and sisters, when we're all. Right now, it takes a hundred people to win one person to Jesus. You got to drag them in with a bulldozer, and it runs, and, and a feather will run them off. But the time is going to come when one believer will win a hundred, maybe a thousand to the Lord. Our time's coming. It's not yet, but our time's coming. And he said, Spirit of Prophecy Church, don't worry. So when we see our dollars start to fall apart, don't worry. When we see their gasoline multiply exponentially in prices, food shortages, when we see all this trouble coming, understanding this is just soul winning. It's soul winning time. No one's going to be biting their fingernails. We're going to be grabbing our Bibles. We're going to be saying hot dog instead of doggone. Hot dog. They'll finally listen to me. So, if you want to become a ministry member, then you go to prophecyclub.com or spiritofprophecychurch.com. Click on that right there and you can do that. And we urge you to click like, share, and subscribe. And... If you pray this prayer, I'm about to ask you to pray this morning, send me an email. So I've been dropping hints to my racquetball buddy, grew up in Russia. Son, you have to understand, in my day, you you receive Jesus, the next day you lose job. That's the same thing uh, Dmitry Dudeman told me. Anybody's a Christian, they automatically lose their job. So he comes to me this week. He says, my son and my grandson have been going to this church. He said, and my wife's Jewish. He said, we couldn't drag her there with a bulldozer. <clears throat> but, and they're coming over to my house Saturday. And they're going to get baptized. I said, and you're going to get baptized too. Uh, okay. I said, and here's what you, I've been telling him, you know what? Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. What's a sin? I said, well, lying, cheating on your wife, stealing, murder, you know, all those are are sins. Things that hurt other people, those are sins. Oh, I said, so have you asked Jesus to forgive your sins? Now, he he got him to say this about a year ago. I got him to say, uh, Jesus be my God. But now I saw a bigger entrant point. So I said, get him. I said, ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Oh, okay. Ask him. Oh. Jesus, forgive my sins. (laughs) I thought, yay. I said, but there's more. There's more? I said, you should ask him to come into your heart and be your God. Oh, too much to say, you know. Can you, can you, can you text that to me? So I texted him 
Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart and be my God. I, I promise I could show you my, my cell phone. I texted him. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I pray this. Saturday, when they get baptized, I said, you're going to get baptized too, right? Oh, uh, oh, okay, okay. I said, you say that and you get baptized. So he's going to pull out his cell phone and say, Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart and be my God. That's right. I cannot tell you how many times I have prayed for him. Times when I would walk into the racquetball court and I'm the first one, I say, I plead the blood of Jesus over this racquetball court. Everybody comes in to make certain that their name gets written into the book of life. Prayed for the people I play racquetball with, all of them, that they all get saved. Driving down the road and someone's, you know, we've got some California drivers that have moved into the area. <laughs> have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, we, that's a good point. We love you, California. <laughs> but we want to have Christians move here or people that want to be Christians move here. So, if you want your name written in the book of life, just say, simple as that, Jesus, forgive my sins. Just say that, Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart and be my God. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that, send us an email to that email right there. It's not hard. When Jesus was on the, on the cross, one of the thieves said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say a long prayer. He didn't come off the cross and get baptized. He didn't. Okay, there are a lot of things we really should do. I agree. But if you want to keep it really simple, that's all you have to say. But here's the thing. When we say that, it doesn't stop there. We don't say 30 years later, well, I said, Jesus, forgive my sins and come into my heart and be my God. It doesn't stop there. It only starts there. It starts the journey. Being a Christian is not a destination. It's a journey. We're trying to learn to walk and act and talk like him. If you have prayer requests, come on up. Be happy to pray for you. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for online. Also, Friday night, it'll be me in my office just doing a Bible study because we've got our technical director is going to be out of town, so we don't have the technical wherewithal to hook it all up. So it's okay. Friday night, 630, still going to do a Bible study.